this is really what people want. They want stuff packaged up in a way that will make them feel like there's some answer in this for them that's going to help them get out of the situation they're in, which, of course, there isn't. In 2013, he was two weeks away from unemployment after eight straight years of business failure. In the next week, without any funding, he launched a business that changed the landscape and changed his life. Within two years, it was a $1 million business with over 40 developers in seven countries and thousands of clients. He's since sold that business, and we'll chat about that more shortly. He's had a number of books that have been translated into nine languages and ordered over 50,000 times, as used in business courses at university level around the world. He's a good man. He's great in the startup industry here on the Gold Coast. And his name is Dan Norris. Welcome, Dan. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Mate, we do this a little bit differently because what I want to know is more about you. Like everyone that interviews people and they say, oh, you did great with WP Curve. <laughs> you've done this, you've done that. What I want to know is I want to know who Dan Norris actually is. So I'm going to ask you some questions and some of them we can cut out if you don't want to answer it. <laughs> no, no, you can ask me whatever you want to answer. No worries. So mate, what's your first ever memory? Oh, God. We weren't expecting that, I needed to be prepared for these questions. No, you don't be prepared. That's much um, better. God, I don't even know. I don't even, wouldn't even you don't know have how any to answer that question. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Logan on the south side of Brisbane. Um, and I lived there for about 15 years and then moved to Indrapilly and then to Sanford. And I moved to the Gold Coast probably 10 years ago. But yeah, always in Brisbane or close to Brisbane. So you're a Queenslander? Yep. Okay. Born and bred. School? Where's, where's your main school then if you uh, so moved around? Yeah, so I went to um, St Matthews, which is a primary school in Logan, and then I went to Gregory Terrace, which I'd kind of forgotten all about, but it's, it's actually a pretty nice school because I went back there for my 20-year <laughs> reunion. I was like, holy shit, this place is crazy. It's right in the middle of the city, and it's like these awesome old buildings. It takes up half the city, so obviously um, my parents must have been rich or something. I don't know. So you don't remember <laughs> that because you weren't there that often? No, <laughs> I remember it. I just don't remember it being <laughs> that <nice>. particularly good. <laughs> So school, good, bad, or ugly? School? Yeah. Oh, it was it was good. Um, I just I, I was a, a late a late bloomer, so I I didn't really I didn't really do anything until I was about twenty five years old. So school was a bit of a um, bit of a non event really. I, I kind of just felt felt out of place for most of that time. Eventually, got my shit sorted out when I was about twenty five, but. Yeah, school was school was a bit weird for me, but it was okay. So you 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 were one of the nerds, one of the one of the geeks, one of the just the outsiders. Not no, not really. I was sort of in in the middle. I was sort of like in the. I was kind of like the the second coolest group, but I was okay. probably the least coolest kid in the second coolest group. <laughs> you so, just scraped in. Yeah, I just <laughs> scraped into that and hung around long enough. Um, for, but yeah, I, I probably should have been in the more of the nerdy one, but I, I was a bit of a little shit in school. So, yeah, I didn't really fit in neatly into any of the groups, I don't think. And do you still hang out or see any of those people now? No, I, I hadn't, hadn't seen school friends, basically since school, okay. um, pretty much any of them until my... So the 10-year reunion I didn't get invited to, and then the 20-year reunion I did... Was only for the first lot of cool kids, the 20 well, now both lots? Poss possibly, either that or... Um, I just wasn't... So the 20-year reunion, I owned a brewery, so I assume <laughs> they invited me because they wanted the free beer, which they got... So I turned up to that one, um, and I hadn't seen anyone in, in 20 years. Wow, and how was that? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, was it, it weird? Was, it was very weird, yeah. We had, some, we had guys like, I had a really good 
friendship with one guy who came in year 11 and got kicked out of school after like three months. We used to, he used to like uh, pick me up from school, we'd wag class, go back to his house and drink beer and shit. It was, it was a really, really bad influence. So <laughs> um, you blame him? Uh, no, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> I did, it was just cool to see him because he's just like the, the kind of person you would expect wouldn't show up at the high school reunion. And what's he do now? Oh God, um, I don't know. He was a little bit unusual. There's a, f- a few, few guys, a couple of the guys had been to jail. Um, almost everyone was a doctor, a lawyer, or a property developer. Pretty much everyone was a property developer, actually. I was the only one who had a brewery, though, so... So you won. I still I feel like I won. <laughs> <laughs> so were you that kid that the teachers always said, yeah, that good luck, that probably nothing's ever going to happen? Kind of. I mean, I, I always see that in the movies and I think, I don't know if my teachers were that bigger arsholes. I don't think they would have actually my said mother. that to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I remember my head of school said to me, he goes... Yeah, there's absolutely no chance for you to do anything really constructive in life, so good luck. Right. Yeah, thanks well, very much. I can't remember teachers <laughs> saying that, but they, I'm guessing they probably did, but I wasn't listening to them, so it probably wouldn't have mattered what they said to me. But yeah, I, 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 managed, to, I managed to get the, the, lowest, uh, the lowest score necessary to get into business, which was lucky. At university? Yeah, at university. So I didn't do particularly well at school, but I did well enough to get into business. I got an OP9, which is acceptable. Um, without doing much work at all, and I managed to get into business and somehow managed to finish that degree. Where was that? Uh, QUT. Okay, and how was QUT? Oh, you just school? Just a bludge. Like, I just did nothing. The first, the first year <laughs> of uni, I literally, like, would just go sit out the front of the class, roll cigarettes, smoke ciggies, drink coffee. I barely ever show up. I failed, I failed three out of four subjects in the first semester, and then one of them was marketing. I got a three for marketing, and... Um, I think the rules were that if you got a three for a subject, that couldn't be your major because marketing was my major. And so I just changed majors. (laughs) Problem solved. Genius. Yeah. So I changed to human resources and then that that meant that class counted. And eventually by the end of uni, I think this is a common experience with uni, eventually by the end people just figure out how to get good marks even even without doing a lot of work, especially if it's in a sort of bludgy subject like business. Um, So I figured out by the end and... Uh, managed to graduate and got a job in HR. Well, I made a mind, actually a guy I met the other night, he's in HR, and I said, what did you do at uni, mate? He goes, I did geophysics. Oh, and I've gone, works. how'd that work? And he goes, six years, geophysics, and he goes, didn't like it at all. all right. So I got out into HR, and it's like, wow, there you go. All right, well, I didn't like HR. Maybe I should have tried geophysics. You could have, yeah. You could have looked at rocks all day. <laughs> all right. I did. I've, I've dabbled in everything. I thought, I thought I wanted to do engineering. I thought I wanted to do landscape architecture. I actually started architecture at uni a few years ago. I've done industrial relations at uni. Um, I, I think at one point I enrolled in psychology. I just I had no idea what I wanted to do. So when did it click? When, when did it realise that actually this is what I want to do or what I want to be or where I want to, or it hasn't yet? No, I think it has now. I think, I think w- once I, I had a business that actually did reasonably well, that was when I kind of knew, because I think just before I started WP Curve, when you mentioned in the intro, was I think 2012. Up until that point, I was still clueless because Lost. I can't. Yeah, because I, I sort of I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but you can't really call yourself an entrepreneur unless you've had a successful business. You or can't. A failure. Well, even then, I mean, yeah. you, you can't really. You, you know, you can talk about it afterwards, and all the all the successful entrepreneurs will talk about their fails afterwards. But it's a, it's very hard to talk about it during when yeah, it's happening point. and um, so I still didn't really feel like an entrepreneur until I actually had something successful and once I, once I did that, now I, I don't have any doubts. I think I've, I've found you know, what, I'm, what I'm meant to be doing, I guess. Well, that's good because you're doing a few things. You, know, you don't just do one thing. 
I, I, I kind of just do one thing now. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I normally, I, I struggle. I just fight an ongoing battle of trying to get all the things I do down into one. Yeah, I think we all do that. Yeah. And is that ADHD or ADD? Yeah. I think they call it. Yeah. Don't they? So I'll, I'll go out and I'll start like five different things and then I'll just kill them all off as they become unsuccessful. Yeah. And hopefully there's one left that is successful and that's where I'm at at the moment. So. Oh, that's good. And, the yeah. and obviously you had great success with WP Curve. Can you tell us that story in a couple of minutes? Yeah. Uh, so that was, that was right at the time when um, I was just about ready to give up. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do. And then I just, I literally just emailed my email list and said, um, do you, would you would you pay for? Well, actually, I didn't ask if they would pay for it because that's a pointless question. I asked them to pay for it. I asked them to sign up to this idea of unlimited WordPress fixes, and ten people signed up in the first week, and and then every week from then on for about two years, ten more people signed up, and eventually had about a thousand customers and a team of thirty odd developers in the Philippines and around the place. And um, so it was a marketplace. No, it was just a service. Just a service, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think, I think if, if I had have wanted to grow it into something bigger, I probably would have had to somehow figure out how to make it into a marketplace. But there was quite a few marketplaces that launched around the same time that failed. Okay. Um, there was marketplaces that existed already for one-off jobs or for projects like Elance and Freelancer and that, but for recurring services, there wasn't really anything. It's, it's a very, very difficult thing to do, and it's especially difficult with a marketplace when you don't actually know if it's unlimited, you don't yeah. know how many jobs people are going to request. It would be very hard to do that as a marketplace. So was it luck? Was it talent? Was it just the right time, the right place? What do you put that down to? 100% talent. No, I'm <laughs> That's great, right? That's awesome. Yeah, no. of course it was. I think it was, it was, a, it was a, a lot of luck, uh, very good timing. It was just a, something that just fitted really well into my story as well. Yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, you can't possibly claim that it's talent because I've started probably 30 different businesses around that time or since that time and every single one of them other than one has failed. Mm -hmm. So definitely luck. And it was also just like a pretty unique idea that I somehow came up with. Um, And there's other people working on other things that kind of inspired me. Like there was marketplaces popping up. There was WordPress-specific businesses uh, popping up like uh, WP Engine. But it's like that whole idea of having a business that is just WordPress was seemed crazy to me a few years before that. So, and then there was other marketplaces coming off doing small jobs. Um, so there was just a sort of si- so, a bit of a storm, perfect storm of events. And I had good timing. I had an audience that I built through my content. And I was sort of telling this story of how I was building this business and it was failing and failing and failing. And then when I launched this, it really went off. And so that, that story became much better. Yeah, okay. And so I was going on all the podcasts and I was just getting all this free attention. And... Um, also met a good co-founder, which was pure luck. Well, well it, it, it was a, a decent amount of luck. Yeah. I mean, there's some decisions. People come into your well. life at the right time for the right purpose. Yeah, and he came in because of the content I've been doing. So technically, it's kind of all ties back to the work I'd done. Yeah. Um, and I had done about a year of just solid pumping out content and telling my story. And so I think all of that paid off. It, but, but, but luck is such a big part of it. It could have just as easily gone the other way and I could be back working for someone else and wondering who I am right yeah. now. <laughs> so you've exited that now? You, you got yep. bought, was it last year you got bought out? Uh, it was 2015, wait, yeah, 2000, 2016. Must have been, yeah, last yeah. year. And yeah. GoDaddy, how, yeah. how, how did that happen? Um, they approached you, you approached them? Uh, it was a, sort of a bit of both, I think. Um, what happened was th- there was there was a company in Australia that was looking to buy us 
and um, we've been talking to them quite a bit. We've given them quite a bit of information, and it basically fell through, and it sort of made us think maybe they were just sort of looking for information. I think they ended up oh, launching okay. their own service afterwards. A very, this is a very big, well-known WordPress kind of company. Um, and you can name and shame if you want. No, I better not. Okay. Um, because I could have that wrong. I mean, they might have been legitimately looking Look, to, yeah, to buy us and, and it fell through, which happens all the time. Could have just as easily happened with GoDaddy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so that happened. And, but once we went through that process, it was sort of clear to us that, that selling was not such a bad idea. Yeah. We just kind of come to the end of it, that the story was getting old, that the business was solid and consistent, but it wasn't, like, skyrocketing in growth anymore. And I think we... If we wanted to make it skyrocketing growth, we would have had to make a major change, like like pivot into some sort of marketplace yeah. or get funding and do something different, build some software or something. And um, selling seemed like a pretty good option because it had been a good run. We were getting good drawings from it, but um, if we could sell it and get a good outcome, then I could go on to do something else. I was um, already working on another project and Alex, my co-founder, was doing the same. Okay, same um, project? No, separate, okay. totally separate. We'd only met once or twice over the two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I actually didn't know him for the first six months. Never never met him before when I started the business with him. Wow. Yeah. He was in America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good timing. And then, and then we sort of reached, I think we reached back out to GoDaddy and it was just, again, really, really fortunate timing with them. Happened. Yeah, they were looking to get more into WordPress. We'd noticed they had done a couple of WordPress acquisitions for other companies. And um, <coughs> the day, the first day we met with them, was the same day that my brewery on the Gold Coast opened. Oh, really? And so I was over in San Francisco uh, meeting with GoDaddy and... Um, Missed the opening my mates of the brewery. Were, yeah, my mates were here <laughs> opening the brewery and brewing our first batch of beer. <laughs> so they, you, you sold to GoDaddy and, and that's great. Yeah, an exit's always a good thing. Um, and then there's the brewery. Yeah. Um, the way I picture this happening, and, I, and that's one of the books I haven't read right. uh, or listened to, is the fact four blokes sitting around going, shit, this beer's bad, let's make our own. Is that how it happened? Uh, similar. Yeah. It, was three, it was three of us, not four. Oh, okay. Um, but it was more... It, it wasn't this beer is bad. It was more like my mate Eddie had, had an idea for a very specific beer he wanted to make, but he didn't know anything about brewing. And he had this idea, which was to brew an eggnog stout, which is basically a stout that had sort of cinnamon and nutmeg, vanilla, brandy sort mm-hmm. of flavours to it. And he just thought it sounded like it would be a really nice beer. And Govs was there. Govs had been brewing for years at all the major sort of microbreweries around here. And uh, Govs was like, oh, well, I'll have a crack at it. And then two weeks later, we went up there, brewed it. This is in 2014. And it was just a bit of fun. But then I sort of got a bit carried away with branding. And I put labels <laughs> on the bottles. We got an Instagram account, built a website, started writing blog posts. We started getting press. And before we knew it, people were just expecting us to make a commercial. Like, this was literally homebrew. Yeah. Um, and Black Hops, where did, where did that... Just through the course of all of this, it was just messaging back and forth non-stop with names. Yeah. What are we going to call this? And Eddie was just... Eddie's pretty, like... He's pretty relentless when he get, And so am I. Like, like when we get... We're just, we were just doing it last night, actually. We want to come up with a name for our pilot batch releases. And it's just constant messages back and forth. Yeah. All these different names. Most of them are shit. But that's just how we do it. We're, almost every name we've come up at Black Ops is done just by messaging each other. Best and way to do it, brainstorming. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a modern 2017 version of brainstorming. Yeah. But it's less pressure. Like if, you, if you're sitting around a whiteboard and having to throw up ideas, I wouldn't, no, none of the ideas would ever come out of my yep. head because I'd just be too self-conscious about saying a shit one. Yeah. Um, but it's with the messaging, we're just non-stop, non-stop back and forth. And, and he said Black Ops, and I'm like, that's an epic name. Surely someone's 
<laughs> taken that already, yeah. and that, they hadn't, so so we ran with it. And then you formed that into a business. You actually built a brewery out of that. Yeah. So we so we did a what we did was we went to someone else's brewery to brew a batch there. Yep. We did that. We sold it out really quickly. Uh, got it into bars. That was really like I guess in the startup world that was our minimum viable product because yep. it was. It was about $2,000, which we made back on the sale of the beer. Didn't lose money doing it, didn't make money, but we got our beer into venues selling it commercially. Big thing to do, so, yeah, for yeah. Sure. so it was a big step from the homebrew, and that was only two months later. Like, we literally did that, and we're like, what do we do now? Let's, <laughs> let's contract brew. And then after that, we did a bunch more contract brews. We, we released a few more beers, got into bars. Those guys were working full-time for someone else. Um, I was doing... WP Curve and really had very little to do with Black Ops. It was just kind of turn up to the events. Um, but we ran out of tank space at the venues we were, we were brewing at. And, and also we just thought like the Gold Coast really needed more breweries. Like we yeah, were like, why sure. doesn't the Gold Coast have like what Melbourne and Sydney and, and everywhere else has? Um, so, so we're like, well, what, why don't we just build our own brewery? And then that just started the process of, well, if you're going to build your own brewery, how are you going to do that? How are you going to get the money together, the, the finances, how are you going to break up the equity in the company, yep. where are you going to get the equipment from, and that just snowballed into you know raising money from investors, putting our own money in. Um, it was a hectic time. It was like, yeah, I was, I was going through a divorce at the time. Uh, Guz was going through a breakup. We both had kids. It was a really crazy wow. time. And, yeah, and then we we're, were trying to raise money. I was selling WP Curve, so I didn't have any of the money from that. Um, I was just using money I'd kind of saved up and, and I'd sort of put aside to pay tax and threw that in. It was just a, it was just a <laughs> mess. And, um, yeah, and, and we managed to pull it off. We, we're a little bit later, a little bit over budget, but we were able to, found a place, you know, decked it out ourselves. Literally, I, I literally cut the concrete floors myself. Oh, really? The concrete saw, knocked the wall out ourselves. It was just like weeks and well, months of, of work. It's a real startup. Yeah, was, yeah, and then and lean, then really and then lean. I wasn't there for the launch. Those fucking bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so you now own a brewery. Yeah, well, technically, I, I kind of yeah, I, I do. We just yesterday we got more tanks and we got another mini brewery. So we've got one brewery there, then we have got a little pilot system, and then we got five more massive tanks just delivered from China. All yesterday. in the same space. Yeah, in the building next door, okay. and then we've also taken over the building behind us for a big cold room. Um, so yeah, we've got a bar at the front. We've got a brewery where it is now. We've got next door, which has got five more big tanks and little pilot systems so we can do those little pilot releases, special batches. Yep. Um, and, th- and now we're thinking, well, if we, we um, max out this current one, we've got to start thinking about what we do after that because we've literally run out of space. So, yeah, M- might own two breweries in a couple of years' time. <laughs> <laughs> so two questions. One is you're in business with mates. How's that go? Uh, well, it, it's going very well. Um, I think being in business with other people is the only way I would ever do it now. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I would be in Lonely, business by myself. It's just too hard. It's yeah. too too much too much of a roller coaster. No support. Your spouse is never going to understand. Like <laughs> it's just it's just going to be a mess. It's, it's it's too hard. I don't really know. Like I think for, for many years I kind of bored. You know when you hang out with solo entre- entrepreneurs, everyone kind of says you know solo entrepreneurship is is the is the best. That's where it's at. You know, no work way. from home and all of that but it's just i've just learned that that's just bullshit yeah i agree <laughs> yeah it's you need to be in it with other people so i would so far no major issues with mates um me and eddie been best mates for 15 years uh we still surf together we still hang out it's going really well me, me and guys were not not best mates but we kind of knew each other from events and stuff and yep. he we have we're quite different we're all we're all very different 
and we all do very different things in the business. So I think that helps as well. Yeah, because people are not trying to take over each other, what they yeah. do and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we're all like so different. Like I kind of, I feel sorry for anyone who works for us because they just <laughs> have to deal with three people who are just complete opposites in Is there a, a boss? Ways. Like you, who's the boss? Not really. Um, but the staff and stuff, I mean. No, the staff tend to report to have a supervisor, to, a loose supervisor to report to. So the bar staff will report to Eddie. Uh, brewing staff report to Govs and yep. then office sales marketing staff report to me. Okay. Um, and I mean, there's, a, there's like, if we're doing public sort of events, Govs will be the guy who's yep. the kind of the, the main man because he's the brewer. He's, he's the brewer. He's, he's, the, yeah, yeah. That he's who, who everyone wants to hear from. And he really likes that kind of stuff as well, which well, is a blessing. Handy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, the, yeah, so, so there's no, there's not really one boss. I think, um, I think if we were like way bigger, you might get to the point where you need that. Yep. Or at least, you know, have a CEO who's kind of the person running the joint. Running the show. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a small business, so you don't need business cards and job titles just yet. What's the exit? Is there an exit or is it can like two breweries in a year or is it someone like Lion Nathan coming in and giving you a big check and saying thanks very much? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's happened quite a bit actually lately. There's a lot of the big companies are buying out other breweries. Um, but these breweries have been in business for 10 or 15 years yep. and have gotten... I think a lot of those years they probably didn't have the crazy growth that the industry's got yeah, now. Yeah. Like we're, we're growing at a crazy pace. If you were to grow this pace for ten years, you'd be you would be lying, Nathan, by the end of it. But um, but no one else has an eggnog stout. Do, well, no, they could just make one. There though. you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone's got their own thing. It's a good industry. There's lots of really good, interesting breweries around where we are at the moment on the Gold Coast. It's, yeah. It's it's actually. Do you talk to each other? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's actually really good. Like there's a lot of the best breweries or like the fastest growing breweries breweries winning a lot of the awards are coming from this region yeah um which is super cool it's not it's not really we didn't really expect it to sort of emerge as like a craft beer hub but that's kind of what's happening, what's happening which is good yeah and it, it's happening with food as well on the gold coast now yeah. There's a lot of really nice cool little restaurants and open. Yeah. so a few questions what greatest achievement in life uh having two epic kids yeah i think that's amazing cause <laughs> i've got four of them and i don't think there's any other answer really no so i mean like, i don't know if you technically classify that as an achievement because i didn't do a whole lot parenting to achieve is the achievement <laughs> i think gold. yeah yeah <laughs> having two kids and still having a good relationship with them that's probably the yeah, that's a big achievement yeah especially as they get older yeah no that's great um you're obviously in the startup scene. Do you call yourself in the startup scene or not really? Not really. I don't actually have I don't actually have a lot to do with the startup scene anymore. Um, I, I sort of I was doing a lot of the online marketing stuff and I was doing lots of podcasts and writing books and all of that. But I kind of put all that on hold and I'm just focusing on our business now. Okay. But um, when I've got time, I, I do like events like this and stuff. But I, I've, I've taken this year off public speaking and I've kind of just stopped doing a lot of it because I think stop doing podcasts except the good ones obviously oh, only the awesome ones <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's interesting because um, you're seen as a bit of a startup um, guru which is um, which is quite ironic hearing your story because it's it's to you it's I've had all these failures and I know I've read some of the stuff you put out there saying that is failure really a positive thing mm. and um, and I like that but one of the things that interests me a lot is that you've released four books now yeah and is writing books something when you were back at school and, and you're sitting there going, I'm going to release a book? No. That's no. probably the furthest thing you could possibly ever think of. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's really not that hard to write a book. It's, it's, I guess it's hard to write a good book that people, <laughs> that people like. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I feel like I've been a bit lucky with the books. Like the, they just seem, sometimes they're just really, they're just really obvious. Mm -hmm. You know, like the seven-day startup was, 
like the story of WP Curve was a good, easy story. It's, it's a classic entrepreneur story that people would like to hear. Yep. Um, and packaging it up, like you use the word startup guru, which really, which really, really troubles me, but this is really what people want. They want stuff packaged up in a way that will make them feel like there's some answer in this for them that's going to help them get out of the situation they're in, yeah. which, of course, there isn't. Really, the only answer is just actually doing the work and hoping you get a bit of luck. Yes. Um, but um, the seven-day startup just fitted neatly into that. And it was, again, it was one of those things like, how, how has no one done this already? <laughs> um, content machine, that was the same. I was like, I, I found the domain for sale. I paid $5,000 for it, which I thought was a fair bit. But it, again, it was like, this is just a cool name. I could, I could quite easily write a book about this. So I did that. And then, again, Operation Brewery. I was building a brewery. We'd written a lot of content. Easy. And then Create or Hate was, it was more of a, just an inspired thing. I just sort of, it was actually that Ricky Gervais quote, which is, um, it's better to create something that others criticise than create nothing and criticise others. Yeah, great it was, quote. It was that quote. It was an excellent quote. And I share this quote like every probably three months on Instagram and it yeah. always goes better than anything else. Um, and that, that sort of just got me thinking about this idea of like, you know, you can, you can choose to create something or you can choose to consume something and in the end, the successful people are the people who are creating the stuff. Yeah, of course. And so, um, again, the, the domain creator hate was available, and I had had the idea of the two, the two, two sort sides. of forces, and yeah. Yeah, it just came easily. I wrote that one in literally like two days. Oh wow! Hmm. How long did it take you to record it? Uh, I recorded all the books in a, uh, a couple of days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. But I, I really didn't enjoy recording the books. You can probably tell that by listening. To, I've actually t- I've been told that. I've been given that feedback that the, the audio recordings, there's not enough, like a lot of passion in them because I was just like reading your own words is just so boring. It's A very good friend of mine that you know quite well, Nick Bowditch. Oh, yeah. Um, so Nick and I grew up together as kids. Oh, yeah. And uh, one of the things that Nick says is about when he recorded his book, it took, took forever because you're literally, as you say, you're reading your own words. And yeah. You're and you try not to change them again as you're trying to read them because yeah. you think, oh, shit, if I had said it this way, maybe that would have been better. Well, I was changing the them because I, I, can't, I can't physically <laughs> say the wrong thing. Like, I was reading this, I'm like, actually, this isn't right anymore. So no. I, was, I was adding some more stuff in. That's very gain of Gary Vaynerchuk of you. Right, yeah. I saw Gary last week. I was Brisbane. there on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. yeah it was awesome, that. wasn't it? So good. Mate, I, I, um, just the advice that he gave some of those guys. And, yeah. like, some of these people in the room, I thought, Wow. Yeah, it was I live intense. a good life. <laughs> I know. Someone came up to me afterwards and she said, "Oh, you that guy who was who crashed the car?" I'm like, "No, that, no, thank fuck, that's <laughs> oh, not no. me." Why is that? Because you look like a criminal. Apparently, <laughs> she like saw me from behind. I'm like, "What's wrong with my behind?" <laughs> <laughs> not good, mate. We're going to finish it up in a second. I've got a couple of really quick fire questions. I ask everyone this too. It's really simple, really basic stuff. Favorite food? Oh my god, I love every food, every single food. Um. Every oh, food? It's just everything. I just eat everything and it all tastes the same to me. It all tastes awesome. How can, look at the size here. How can you eat everything? I know. Well, just, I don't know where it goes, but I'll, I'll go with, um, I'll just go with, oh God, I, all the rest, I just love all the restaurants on the Gold Coast. I'll go with Bonita Bonita, which is um, type Mexican. Oh, I just had, uh, I'm addicted to Zambrero's nachos at the moment. Oh yeah, that oh, works. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> favourite song? Uh, favourite song, I'll go with, uh, uh, Vibrations in Air by Josh Pike. Nice. Favourite footy team? Oh, Gold Coast Suns, but it just pains me to say that. And it hurts, doesn't it? Oh, God, it hurts. It's physically <laughs> painful, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and now Gary's gone as well. It's I like, know. Oh, shit. He put, in, he put on his Instagram the other day with him in a Geelong jersey, and I was just like, that's just a nail in the coffin. Yeah, you got that little bit of vomit coming up. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. What's next? Uh, 
well, next is I want to um, I want to figure out how to build a brewery that's way bigger than our current one once we get to the point where we need it, which might be which might be reasonably soon. I mean, we, we need to make three times as much beer to get there, but if we keep growing really quickly, that could be sooner than we think. So, uh, I want to do that, and I want to do it by by using equity crowdfunding, which is which is it legal yet? It's, it almost is. What I think that the first one was going to be November, so it must be really close. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. Uh, Ideally, ne next year, I'll figure out how to do that and then do like a big equity crowdfunding raise and then have Black Ops as this company that's kind of owned by... By the know, people. By the people, By yeah. the people, for the people. Yeah, and then build... I I'm assuming would have to be another brewery because we, where we are, we just don't have room to... So that's the next book capacity. then too? I don't think so. Well, actually, yeah, I was, the equity crowdfunding pub or, or a brewery? I, nah, I don't... Nah, Not it's really? It's boring. So I, I, could, I could write... I've got a Trello list of like 15 different book ideas. Yeah. I could write a book about anything, but it's all bo you can't write a book about something boring. No, because if, if you if you can't write it, then no one's going to read it. No, good so point. So I I wanted I was sort of thinking about doing another book about this whole idea of like you said business guru before and this yep. idea that like business people really are just looking for the answer and looking for these gurus and I just think it's all it's all just bullshit. And so I I kind of thought I'd pick out all the things that I think are bullshit in all that world of guruness and uh, you know, it's like the un right about that. or the unguru. Yeah, how to like unguru that. yourself. Yeah, but that, but then again, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of been done as well. It's this is the process I go through with every book, even with the creator hater. Was like, does the world really need this book? And then I'm like, well, I probably should make it since the book is about making stuff. I yeah. probably should at least make the book. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't think any more books about beer. I think I've kind of told that story. You've done the beer story. Yeah. Awesome. Well, mate, thanks so much for your time. As far as I'm concerned, you're an awesome human. You make a difference uh, to a lot of people, even though you don't really like to. <laughs> uh, and love to follow your work. Love to read the next book. And good luck with the brewery. Awesome. Thanks, thanks so me. much. Cheers, bud.